In big news for those of you who work in the gig economy, is Ontario announcing plans to improve both workers' wages and their rights? Richard Powers is with the Rotman School of Management and joins us now for more on this. Richard, good afternoon. Appreciate you coming on. Good afternoon, Jeff. All right. Uh, fill us in, if you could, on the so-called Digital Platform Workers' Rights Act. We're hearing from the government. This is all about transparency. How so? Well, it's interesting. It's the government sort of a trilogy of legislation that they've introduced over the last several months. You recall the uh, the right to disconnect after work. And then last week, I guess it was uh, the employee's electronic surveillance, you know, trying to get a, a cap on that as well. And today we hear about gig workers establishing minimum wages, access to tips, more transparency. What they're really trying to do, Jeff, is extend the Employment Standards Act provisions to groups that would normally not be covered by it. These were uh, these are typically uh, contract workers as opposed to employees, and there's a difference there. Okay, and we've seen reports that some in the digital or gig economy, Richard, were making as little as $5 an hour. Now, the minimum wage was increased to $15 an hour at the beginning of this year in the province. Uh, how come gig workers weren't included in that? Do we know? Well, they, they weren't classified as employees. So under the Employment Standards Act, the government did, as you mentioned, increase the minimum wage to $15. That did not cover contractors, though. And it's interesting, even under this legislation, the $15 an hour is, is, is only uh, applies when they're actually working. So let's just say you order, um, oh, I don't know, an Uber or something. It's only the time that the driver is, is actually driving a passenger where they're entitled to that $15 an hour not the wait time. So you may, they may do a 20-minute trip. It'll be prorated, so they get $15 an hour for that portion of the hour that they're, that they're actually driving someone. But when they're sitting around waiting for the next trip, they're not being paid. So it's partway. It's, it's certainly not a, a full-scale uh, you know, adding to. And, and it makes sense, right? Because a lot of the Uber drivers, there's a lot of them now out there, they would not uh, be active all the time. So what are the reactions, do we know, of Uber drivers and others that are employed in the gig economy right now? Are they generally accepting and welcoming of this legislation? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know what, what it does? It, it, it includes, you know, the, um, it's much more transparent. So it requires them to, you know, the other factor that came in under this, Jeff, was the fact that they weren't even sure what tips they received. There was no transparency or disclosure. Now they'll see everything. So it works out how their pay is calculated. Uh, It it bars operators from withholding tips. Uh, It also stops uh, employers from, you know, getting rid of employees just because uh, maybe they they want a better deal or they question some of the actions of management. It was pretty easy before to just say, well, you're not allowed on our platform anymore and to to cut them out. They can't do that now. So they're achieving a lot of the protections that a normal employee would have under the Provincial Employment Standards Act. All right, that's a reaction from the employee side. What about the employer? Have we heard from, do we have any reaction from those that uh, employ people in the gig economy, the Ubers, the Lyfts of the world, the like? Well, not yet, but you can expect them to be more negative towards it, obviously, because this increases their cost of doing business, obviously. Now, again, will that be passed on to consumers? Are we going to be paying more for for these types of services. That'll still wait, it needs to be seen. And how this is all tracked and how it works out, you know, in, in practical terms, still hasn't been decided. There's a new committee that apparently is going to be put together to, to work this out. But based on the government's response to the other aspects of workers' lives, 
in terms of, I mentioned the other legislation, right to disconnect, and the red legislation now around surveillance, electronic surveillance, you know, the government seems to have it, you know, we're going the right direction. They've done a very good job so far. You know, Richard, you bring up an interesting point. I was wondering about this as well. How challenging will this, this Digital Platform Workers' Rights Act, how challenging will it be to actually enforce? Well, that's that's the big question, isn't it, Jeff? I think it'll be very difficult, but although, you know, it just takes time. We've, you know, we've seen everything transfer, or most things transfer to a digital platform. So that's certainly the growth areas. And with new apps, with new technology, you know, with smart people looking at this, you know, Maybe it's certainly not me. I'm past this, I think, at this stage. But you got the, you have a lot of young people who are very savvy with these types of uh, this types of tech, this type of technology. They'll work it out. They'll work out a way that it is transparent and that it does work on a practical basis. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, and is this a case, Richard? Do you think once again of the law just kind of catching up to technology and change driven by technology? I mean, you mentioned a couple of times in the course of our conversation about uh, some of the other uh, legislative changes that have been brought in, such as the right to know if you're being electronically surveilled by your employer, the right to uh, disconnect. Is this just a case, once again, of government, the legislators kind of catching up? Yeah, Jeff, I think you're right on point there. I think what's happened is, you know, government traditionally has been pretty slow to act. Remember, this is, and the one thing, Ontario is really taking the lead on this. We're the first province in Canada for all three of these pieces of legislation. First province in Canada, I hope I said. First province in Canada for all three of these pieces of legislation. So, again, you have to give it hands off to the Ford government. You know, I'm not a a big fan of any form of government in most cases because it takes so long to get things done. But they are, you know, they've they've uh, found that there is a need for this legislation, and they've been very proactively going, uh, trying to establish more rights, uh, rights for workers, and more responsibilities on employers to make sure that those rights are are maintained and updated on a regular basis. All right, Richard, really appreciate the time and the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Richard Powers is an associate professor and national academic director with the Rotman School of Management. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.